All right. Hello. Welcome back to the Present Tense Podcast with Matt and Andre. We're back for episode three. So in the first two, we kind of went through a lot of our back history, our stories, just to kind of help everybody get more well acquainted with us. Uh, in those, we mentioned a lot of what I'd call like spiritual buzzwords, kind of sounded a little cliche listening to it back. We said meditation, consciousness, awareness. So what we wanted to do on this one is really kind of go through and define those out a little bit better, uh, give some better descriptions as to what those mean to us, what our practices specifically are. So get a little more into detail on that. Um, so Andre's got a couple lists of his things that he likes to do. So I'll let you go ahead and take it away and and uh, share with us. What's going on? Glad to be back here on episode three. Um, yeah, so... Last episode, or my story episode, uh, episode one, I talked about words such as awareness and consciousness and grounding. Um, to me, those words take on a different, on a deeper meaning, I'd say. Being around water kind of opens that up for me. Being on hikes opens that up for me um just being with nature i've learned kind of triggers those buzzwords it's where i feel the most grounded it's where i slow everything down my thoughts are always moving thousand miles an hour every day i'm doing something doing something doing something so what do you think that is because i noticed that too whenever i'm in like a beautiful nature beautiful scene like i, I literally can feel my body just kind of like that nice Ah, feeling. I think that's why I, when I lived in, in the Northwest, like I really enjoyed living there because I would always feel that I had so much green and the water and the trees around me all the time. Like I could just like feel that, just that relaxation whenever I would come back in, into town. What, what do you think that's, that's, that's due to? I think it's, for me, I'm only going to speak for me. I think uh, that it's that energy from the universe. I, uh, I noticed that the air, I kind of have that sixth sense where everything, I, I'm attached and in tune with all of those feels, the smells, mm. the aromas, the thin air that just adds a little extra oomph to you. Mm. For me, that's how I feel it is. I don't know. What do you think? I always felt it was kind of... Um... I mean, for one thing, it takes away a lot of the noise. Like you said, like we're just in a very simple setting. There's, there's no traffic and lights and noise. So it kind of, not kind of, it, it really helps be in tune with those things that are around us and appreciating beauty and seeing things, nature as it, as it is without the additives of, of human. But what I really think I feel is like that's our natural state. And the closer we do things to our natural state. So being in nature, like that's where we come from, right? That's what our bodies, our ancestors were in all the time. So there's still this familiarity within our bodies because we both believe that we are all connected with everyone that has ever existed and ever will be. So we carry a lot of those same traits. So a lot of those same things that people were feeling when there wasn't high rises and, you know, lights and horns and sounds everywhere. Like that's our natural state. And I always feel my body when I'm in that place, whether it's, you know, up in the, the forest, the trees, or, you know, my uh, my wife and Laura and I, we like to 
take, we've been able to take some good vacations to some awesome tropical destinations and just that feeling in my body that I didn't do anything. I'm not consciously trying to, to do anything, but still I feel my body relax and I feel the tension and the tight muscles just kind of melt out. I don't even pay attention to it. I just notice it's not there anymore. So I think that's just like our natural state where our bodies are just feel like they're home. I absolutely agree. I I thrive in those situations. I feel like that's where I'm able to think about my next move or my next situation um, without thinking about it, though. I'm just in that right. full element, in that full realm of the nature side of it. Um, it's just definitely less effort. Like, we can... We can do the meditation, we can do the, the, the practices anywhere, and they work anywhere, but I just notice when I'm in that full nature mode, it's just, it's really easy. I don't have to try very hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it all ties back into me for a trip that I took in Oregon, actually. Okay. My roommate lives up there, or lived up there, he's from there. And it's my first time camping in forever. I haven't camped since I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> and yeah, I I knew this was my element. That's what I love to where I love to be, where I love to explore. But this trip was a little different. Um, I may have for the first time ever <laughs> turned to a psychedelic, mm-hmm. and I. Did mushrooms. And it was the first time I think it it all truly clicked. I I felt I felt like I was part of the the elements that we were in. Mm-hmm. I kind of melted into it and just really really blocked everything out. And I'll never forget that feeling. Um, a lot happened during that day, but <laughs> when I got home, I just I couldn't stop thinking about that day, mm. just how I felt and how powerful that was for me and how motivating it was for me. Um, I I definitely get motivated off of certain things that kind of push me to be better, and so. I think I've thought about a lot of things in my element, in my pure state, and from then on, I kind of just made moves, <laughs> and I've, I've been that, on this ride since. So he's like, be better. So what did you feel that you were better at when you were having that experience? Just my focus. I get distracted very easily in the real world, as we all do, just because we've got... As you get older, life, life hits you, it um, hits you from all angles, all different directions, and you've got to worry about job, you've got to worry about bills, you've got to worry about kids, you've got to worry about dogs, and so it's just, you never really, you never really get to focus on one thing. Um, I've always been a multitasker, I'm still a multitasker, but I've just become better at putting... I I read this in a David Goggins book, The yeah. Can't Hurt Me, okay. where he had said, what was it? He said, 
Oh, what was the quote? It's just there on the tip of my tongue. Of course, I forgot it. It'll come back. It, it will come back. But anyway, no, I just... I started to put 100% focus in one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And that was the basis of what he had said. I, I kind of would divvy it up and give 50% here, 10% there, 5% here. And when you're giving 5% of something, you're not giving anything. Right. So... I think I just got better at that, of being in the moment, being grounded and conscientious of where I am right now, what I need to be doing right now, where my focus 100% right now needs to be. Mm-hmm. So. so when you're having the experience with the, the assistance of the psychedelic, and again, I, I spoke a little bit about that with my experience in the last one, we don't recommend. Not at all. all. Not at all. But we're just sharing our experiences. Yes. Right? And, and there has been some beautiful experiences we've both had with the assistance of that and some beautiful experiences that we've had without the assistance of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you did have that, that experience with you know camping, with the, the mushroom day, did you do any work? I mean, like, because we can have the beautiful day, the beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. But then it's, okay, what do you do with it afterwards? How do you integrate that? So did you do anything afterwards of that to really like make sure it stuck with you? Because it sounds like that experience stuck with you. You're still retelling it like it's a really fresh story. So did you do anything specific to help that feeling stick with you? I started to schedule more time for me. Mm-hmm. Me, me making sure that I fit into my daily, not routine, but my daily agenda to get out there, go for a run, work on your meditation, work on being truly immersed in that element, water, Mm -hmm. hiking, running for me, and really put all my thoughts together, um, which were going to help me get through each day, which Mm -hmm. were going to help me get through each week until I reach my goals. So I think that really... That really helped and assisted me just because I wasn't taking time for myself. I'd, I'd say, you know, I had a full day. I'm tired. I'm going to walk the dog, eat dinner, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I didn't take that 10, 20, 30 minutes for myself. So do you have a set schedule for that? Or you have like a little bit of time each day? Do you dedicate like one day a week? It all changes. I, I do do it every day, though, whether that be... I spend a lot of time with my dog. In my downtime, I do spend a lot of time with my dog in those elements because anybody who knows me, anybody who knows my dog, we are the same person. And I just wanted to share him in those elements that I was with. So because I already have to make time for him, it helps force me to make time for us and our elements. So it could be early morning. It could be late night. It could be... At the cliffs, it could be during a hike, it could just be during a run. Mm. But it's my or our, you know, time. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was listening to something um, the other day. It was calling about the, the Sabbath, how that was set up as that seventh day of rest. It wasn't set up as a reward for the first six days of work. It wasn't an optional thing. It was your week is not complete unless you take this day. And that, uh, that gave me a different view of it because I think, especially with now, everything is constantly going all the time. Like we can always keep working on something. But to designate, and I'm not good at this either, 
but it gave me like a different view to want to designate a specific time or day as an unoptional thing for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Laura and I have, you know, we've got a, a wedding coming up in a couple of weeks and she does, she in a, you know, self-employed her own business. So those times can be a little difficult to come by, especially more for, for her. I have the more, the, the corporate job. So I do have weekends off, but then there's, there's always things to, to do and help out with. But I really like that idea of it's not optional and it's not a reward. And I think I treated it like both uh, a lot of the time. So just whether it's, you know, Sunday's probably the easiest day for a lot of people to just do nothing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really good for our soul and for our spirit, aside from any specific spiritual practice, but just to get away from the to-do list and the things and really have that time with, whether, you know, you enjoy your, your time with your, with your dog. You know, I do as well with Laura. People that have families and kids, just really being able to take out that time and carve it not optional. I think that's something I, I need to do a lot better practice on mm -hmm. myself. And I and I agree with you. I think sometimes we always force ourselves to have to be doing something. It's okay every once in a while to do nothing and let your body and your mind reset as one. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know that more than anybody. <laughs> it's it's important. We've got to take care of ourselves in its totality. Not just the physical state, but the mental state and the spiritual state and recharge, re-energize. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we both mentioned for both of us how important meditation was. So what's your, what's your practice? What do, you, what do you do? What do you like to do? So when I meditate, I learned it in massage therapy that you can meditate during movement. You can meditate in silence. You can do guided meditation. I kind of like to integrate them all. Like I, each day is a different form of meditation. Sometimes it is on the cliffs. That's one of my favorite spots to go to meditate just because of the air, because of the water, because of the... It's not silence, but it's mm -hmm. just the waves hitting and crashing. And it just it puts me in a great state to be there and just reset reset yep. and uh that's meditation for me it's just being able to sit there and reset and get your mind get your full balance your overall balance um i also like to do movement meditation and yep. that's when i run so i like to put on a podcast of some sort or some kind of music not necessarily music as in hype music always but just some kind of acoustic guitars or pianos just to kind of put me in a a mood where i'm just evenly balanced i'm not too high i'm not too low i think too many times we're always teetering that line of too high and too low and so meditation for me is getting that balance, controlling that balance of being right on the line yeah. in that I, moment. I like that a lot too. I usually do mine. Uh, I like doing like the formal sit down 20 minute thing once per day. And then I'll find other ways to kind of work in that same vibe uh, to what I'm doing. So 
I'm not like super strict about which time of day I do it. Uh, sometimes I have a little bit more time in the, in the, in the morning. Um, so I'll get up and, and do that kind of first thing. Most of the time, though, I've got to be up pretty early, whether I've got to get to work or you know get on some calls. So I, I, morning's usually not my best. I could get up earlier, but, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you only do it one time a day, or do you catch yourself doing it throughout the day multiple times? I like to do a formal practice once a day. Okay. And then I will try to carry that through into what I'm doing okay. afterwards. Yep. So as a formal practice, I will sit down. Uh, sometimes I do a guided meditation. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'll do just one on my own. Uh, a couple different ones I like. Um, I really enjoy uh, Ramdas as, as a as a teacher. Uh, if you just type in on YouTube Ramdas guided meditations, there's a pretty good sample selection of things that come up. Um, lots of good ones on there, ranging from you know 10 to 20 minutes. That are really those are a little bit more on the spiritual side of things, where he's having me do a, a visual visualization of you know light. Or love traveling back and forth between myself and the rest of the world. Uh, some of the breathing practices of just again just visual vis, visualization. <laughs> there we go. Of breathing in the world, putting love around it, and then breathing it back out uh, as love or as light. Um, some different ones as far as visualizing someone that you love and you care about, and surrounding them with that love and that light. Wishing them well, really meaning that. Uh, so I enjoy a lot of his work. He's one of my favorite teachers. Uh, he also has a, he passed away a few years ago, but he also has a website that has a lot of guided meditations and other teachings and quotes and, and things on there if anyone wants to check that out. Uh, I also like want to have an app um, uh, by Sam Harris called Waking Up. He's a little bit more, he's like a neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. So he kind of approaches it more from a scientific standpoint. Okay. So mixes in a little bit of spiritual stuff, but not going all the way out there. So it's yeah. always very scientific. Um, some different practices as far as, you know, sometimes it's your eyes open, taking in your whole visual field, different little practices to imagine different parts. But ultimately, it's, it's, a, it's a much more scientific approach to it, which is just different. Yep. Um, so I, I like that sometimes, too. And then sometimes I just, you know, we'll make it my own and, okay. and sit and just do my own breathing and my own breath work. Uh, I also like, I have a, a red light uh, panel. I'm a, I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. It's just uh, red light, infrared lights, just been shown to improve mood and overall health. It's also, you know, good for your skin. Allegedly, it's good for hair loss. I'm fighting that, so... <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I've seen great results from that, but you know, I keep doing that. Uh, you got your hair line, so you're good. Uh, the one I use is called a, a Juve, J O O V. Uh, again, obviously, we don't have sponsors, but that's uh, just a, a product that I really enjoy. So I, I kind of set that up in front of my face, and uh, same as you like with the waves, it provides a little bit of noise mm -hmm. to go with that, uh, which I kind of like because it helps me just accept the noise and not focus on. The noise or not feel like I need to do anything about the noise. It's just there. I hear it as it comes in and it kind of almost a little brain distraction mm -hmm. that helps me get a little deeper into, into, into my meditation. Kind of helps me out a lot. So I like doing that once a day if I'm able to. Sometimes I'm not able to be home and use the red light. So sometimes it might just be I'm just doing it in my car yep. <laughs> for, for you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, 
So let me ask you. Those are three kind of completely different methods, Mm -hmm. different teachings. Do you feel like whichever you use for that day sets the intention of your day? Hmm. I'm not sure about intention, but I do notice that I don't like formally like think about which one I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. I just kind of pick whatever feels right okay. in that moment. And oddly enough, weirdly, usually happens where whatever one I happen to randomly pick will have something in there where it's like, oh, that was perfect for mm-hmm. today. Uh, I had one uh, where I was... Uh, so my, 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 wife, my wife is... Uh, Accepting of this, she's not totally all the way into it. Uh, she she does uh, try to do a little bit herself. She uses the Calm app sometimes, which is another. Really I've heard of one. that one. I have uh, friends that use that one. Yeah, she really likes yeah. that one a lot. Uh, she, she uses that at night. She's usually better at that at night because she's so busy during the day. Um, Headspace is another really great one uh, as a beginner course to to get started. I've used that one before. Um, but we were we were home. I think it was a weekend, and we were both home. And normally, I just kind of go upstairs and and do that myself. And she decided to come up, and she said, "Can I do it with you?" I was like, yeah, sure. And I'd already grabbed the scientific one, the the the, uh, the Waking Up app. I'd already started it. And I thought, well, this might not be the one that she would relate to best, mm-hmm. but I've already started it, so we'll just keep it going. And the one that's always very scientific and pretty black and white, we were, we were sitting there doing it together. And at the end of it, he said uh, something along the lines of, just remembering the people that you love, remembering that you have a finite amount of time with that person, truly taking in each moment with that person. Because at some point, it will be the last moment that you have. And I just sat there and I was like, whoa, I could not have planned that any better for her to be sitting next to me doing this with me and this be the one that was playing. And we both got a little teary and, mm-hmm. and, and had just a really special moment there. I remember that. That's a great connection right there. And it was just like, oh, okay, like, again, just always, whichever one it was, I just feel like I'm always being led to the right choice. Mm-hmm. And whichever one for that day, maybe it's something I've already, it's already happened in the day that I'm helped with, or maybe it's something coming up later in the day that I'm helped with. So I just kind of always use that intuition, I guess, to pick which one, which way I'm going to go. People will call that a coincidence. (laughs) We call that signs. (laughs) I call it signs. Yep, for sure. So it's it's great that you're very accepting of that. I I feel like that's what meditation and balance and grounding creates. It creates a awareness, a connection, um, for everything that happens throughout your day. Mm you just go about your day things what you know sure things will start to play out as they may mm-hmm. another one thing that i really liked um i guess that i learned through the waking up app is he says just to pay attention to your moments of transition so during the day if you're sitting working at your desk and then you get up to go to the bathroom like pay attention to that moment the the, note, the moment when you're transitioning from one thing to the next to be aware of what you're doing aware that you're moving Feel your movement, feel your breath, just as little quick catches mm-hmm. during the day. Just just remind yourself just a little bit of to, to, to hold on to that. And that, that's really helped me a lot too. When I transition from doing one thing to the next thing, 
just gives me a little extra awareness and calls back that state that I was in during the meditation and helps me stay closer to that during the whole day. Another thing I really like doing is I'll, sometimes if it works for time, I will do the, med- the, the sit-down scripted meditation in the afternoon before I go to the gym. And then it kind of just puts me in a really, that really good space. And so now, now when I'm at the gym, do my workout, I'm able to, like you said, that moving meditation where I'm already in that space. And so now I just kind of continue it with, with what I'm doing and focusing on my breath, feeling my body work, being very aware of that. And it just, it's this just awesome, my own little world with my headphones in. And I just get this whole rush of, you know, good feelings and, and having that really connected aspect to my body and my breath. And so I'm able to kind of just carry that through my workout and then I come home in just the best mood ever. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited to see the dogs and love, and love my wife. Um, she, she, she tells me, you're always so happy when you come back from the gym. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Typically you are. Typically uh, you get, are. You know, the endorphins going and just that whole state that I've been able to be in now, not just the 20 minutes I was doing the meditation, but I've been able to carry it out for, you know, I've now been in there for an hour and a half mm-hmm. or so. And, and I just, I feel awesome. Uh, and I love that a lot too. It's one of my, one of my favorites. I agree. That transition is is just as important as the feeling, the energy you're giving off in your next or your last um, task. You know, uh, if you, if you if you miss a couple of days and you you're not giving yourself your time, you're not doing that. What do you what do you notice? I'm off. Yeah, I, I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess. I can't think straight. I can't act straight. Uh, I I just I'm not grounded and my mind scattered and so whenever my mind is scattered that's when I start to maybe miss something or lack in areas where I've progressed and and I feel it but now because I'm out of touch my my mind is here my body and energy is elsewhere and so I just need to it it's both good and bad because I've learned myself and kind of came into myself over the years. I've been able to reel it back in and force myself into so that n- notice routine what you're doing. of notice what's going agenda. on before it gets too far. Yes, exactly. I think back in the day I would just let it get too far and then I'd shut down until I was ready to come back out. Mm-hmm. Uh that's not recommended <laughs> whatsoever because I still recover from that now and and just opening up to people and and trying not to block myself out and because of meditation I'm able to always reel that back in and now I'm open book I'm willing to talk about any and everything to anybody that is meaningful in my life. Um, and I just love the aspect of getting to know people and people getting to know me. You you receive whatever energy you give out. And so if, if my energy is not proper, it's not goodwill towards somebody, then I'm not going to get that in return. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. Yeah. So I think I really noticed for me, I didn't notice it nearly as much when I was single 
because mm-hmm. I would just be by myself. I'd probably feel a little moody. Mm-hmm. I could tell it wasn't like my happy, joyous self, but I it was like, oh, I'm just in a little bit of a bad mood, whatever. But I really notice it now being married to Laura because I will get snappy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a dick sometimes with like a little response or get irritated at something stupid Yep, really quickly. And it's like, I, same thing as you. Like, I, I catch myself pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I might get out a couple lines and, and she's kind of looking at me cross, like, who are you? And I, I catch myself, but I just, I, that patient, loving, understanding being that I do feel is my true self, if I'm not working on that, it goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get frustrated easier and I get a little, little, little testy, a little tense. And I might make a snappy comment or two, and then I I catch myself, and I hate that I do that. Like I'm like disgusted that came out of my mouth that I that I was rude to her or mm-hmm. I was snappy with her for no reason. I hate it. And Stanley, no, you uh-huh. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but same thing. It's it's not about being perfect with it. I think what we both said is we're able to catch it quicker before yes. it extends too far. Or before, I think the most important part is before we blame someone else yes. for that. So we're aware of ourselves. We control our energy. We control what we're putting out, the kind of vibe that we're putting out towards others. And when that's off or that's negative, we feel it. And I think that's the most important part or one of the most important lessons I've learned from having the meditation practice is to know that that's me. And it's not because someone cut me off in traffic or my incredible wife didn't close a Ziploc bag all the way. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm responsible for that, for the way that I'm reacting. Because if I was doing my practices and on top of everything, I wouldn't get frustrated by that. That wouldn't phase me at all. I'd smile and close a Ziploc bag myself and put it away. It wouldn't bother me. So... Just that always being aware that if I'm in a bad mood or I'm a little snappy or I'm tense, it's me I got to look at. And I'm not going to blame work or my wife or anything else about any of it. It's, it's my fault. And let me ask you, do you feel like that is the progression of or the evolution of our being from like we said in our previous episodes of comfort, where comfort, we would run. In mm-hmm. comfort, we would blame others. Sure. In comfort, we would try and we'd figure everything else except for the root of the issue. Do right. you think now that that centering, that that catching the snappiness is your progression? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, just being around other people. Uh, I know from my childhood, uh, again, I love my parents, great mm-hmm. parents, but I, I would notice that sometimes, especially in, in my dad, would have a little bit of a temper, would get upset at times. And so I, I when I see a little glimmer of that in myself, it's like, oh, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to shut it down quicker. Uh, whereas if I didn't do any of these practices, I'd probably have the same the same thing. It would mm-hmm. probably go, go a lot farther. So yeah, I, I do for that's just, that's part of the progression and the evolution is catching it quick and internalizing it before I externalize it. There's always external factors, right? Absolutely. 
it's always you know a, a stressful day at work or someone was rude. But I know if I'm where I want to be, it's not going to bother me at all. Mm-hmm. It's easy. I, I just keep a smile on my face and, and I know that person's having a rough day and I can have love and compassion for them and not let it affect me. Because however someone's treating you is always a reflection about how they feel about themselves. And so the same for you and I. If I'm being a jerk to my wife, it's because I'm not feeling right about me. It's not because of her. It's not because of anybody else. And I think that's, like I said, that's one of the most important lessons that I've been able to, to have is always internalizing first. Okay, what did I do? What could I do better here? What, what am I not catching? What am I missing? Where's my head at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I do that, you know, it's, I don't snap out of it immediately. No. It's still, I'm still in that mood. I'm still in that space. But I'm aware of it, and I can have compassion for that, too. Uh, we talked about both judgment in the first couple episodes, and that's still my go-to whenever I do that is, in fact, whenever Laura and I have a disagreement, I'm never upset at what actually happened. I am upset at myself because I feel I let her down, and I wasn't the best partner I could be for her, and that's actually what I'm frustrated at. hmm and so the same with anybody else, if someone treats us poorly or yells at us, and I'm in my good space, I'm in my positive headspace, I've been doing my practices, I'm able to have compassion and love for that person, knowing I don't know what they've been through today. I don't know what they've experienced. Obviously, it's not great, and they're struggling, but I don't need to person- internalize it that to me and I'm able to have just more love and compassion for others as well by being on top of that it's not just about me how I feel I'm also able to give that to someone else and I feel like the more that we do that the more we share that if someone cuts you off and yells at you they're expecting that back and so if you give don't give that back and can just genuinely be compassionate and loving and understanding towards that person who knows you might snap them out of it too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they might go pay that forward. So it's not just about self. It's also about effect on the whole and the collective that I think is so important for why I'm, I try to be as dedicated to that as, as I can. And that reminds me of when you mentioned um, Matt sent me a, a reading. You might have to remind me of the name, but um, it talked about finding the tribes. Mm finding our tribe and us getting kind of sent to, I guess, inject our energy and our, our kind of core just integrity amongst the, you know. Yeah, it was a, it was a book by uh, Charles Eisenstein, if anyone's ever heard of him. Uh, awesome author, written a couple books. This was from uh, his most recent one called The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible. And there's a story he relays at the end of it. I'm not going to try to retell it. I cannot do it justice. You need to listen to it. But if anyone wants to look look up on YouTube, uh, it's called A Gathering of the Tribe. And I I didn't send you this, but they actually did a little um, visual like cartoon adaptation of it with the reading at the same time. I'll I'll send it to you. Okay, please do. But if you look, look up on YouTube, A Gathering of the Tribe, it's about 15 minutes. And 
whether you take it literally or figuratively, just the idea that we're here and everything that we're doing is for a purpose. Everything we're experiencing is for a purpose. And the more aware we, we become, the more we're willing to look at ourselves, even if we feel depressed or sad, lonely, all those things, the more people are, we're going to draw people to us that are the same as us. So that tribe mentality. And I really noticed that a lot. I spoke about it on the last episode, you know, after I met Laura and I really allowed myself to be loved by her and I really learned to love myself. It just opened these floodgates. I met, I've met all these, this just really awesome roster or what I would call my tribe where I was finally able to call all this in to my life because I put my, was finally in the position where I could attract all that. Whereas before for years, I was just on my own kind of floundering and struggling and not accepting that in all the way. And so now the last two years, it's just like, wow, this, this actually does work. So when I heard that, uh, that story in, in, in the end of his book, it just, you know, I've listened to that thing maybe 10 times now. Yeah. <laughs> I still ball every time yeah. at the end. Like it's just, it's really awesome. So it, I, I, it, it's really powerful. It really is. Um, so I, I encourage everybody, if, if you got uh, 15 minutes, uh, Charles Eisenstein, A Gathering of the Tribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you won't. That's, that's, that's 15 minutes very well spent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it reminds me of why I ended up in this place. Because ever since I've been here, I've been creating these tribes and meeting these tribes and meeting their tribes. And it's really beautiful to see. And to be able to hear other people, mm-hmm. other people's stories and other people, how they, how they've gotten to this point mm-hmm. of where they are and why they're here and mm-hmm. what their purpose is. Yeah. And, and the more we experience, the less random it sounds. You know, I always fully believe everything happens exactly as it should always. And so I have a lot of, there's a lot of comfort for me in having that faith in that and that's something that I've also learned from you know different books and and teachings is always having faith that everything is exactly as it should be doesn't mean it's always fun or I'm always going to enjoy what's actually what's happening in the moment but it gives me faith and it gives me comfort and gives me peace knowing okay this sucks right now but there's a purpose to this and someday I will see that purpose and I'll be actually be glad this happened Believe it or not, even though in the moment I'm still allowed to be frustrated and upset and stressed and all those things, but underneath that is that deeper knowing. And, and there's a purpose to that. I mean, we're never ever going to be a finished product. Nope. So I, way I tell my friends is every five, every ten years, there's a transitional period. You're learning. Be okay with learning. We're constantly learning. We're constantly teaching we're constantly helping we're constantly growing um we have to really just take that into the fact that nothing's ever going to be a fixed you know and that never has to end it doesn't i was listening to it was a couple years ago i heard him on a podcast uh norman norman van leer he invented a a lot of the popular TV shows in like the 70s and 80s. Okay. You know, that. And he was at the time of the interview. Yeah. 
Some of them, some of them before mine. Uh, and at the time of the interview, I believe he was 94 years old. And he was talking, and he said, well, you know, and he just incredibly lucid, talks, you know, he's not missing a beat. He does not sound 94 years old, or what we think of as 94 years old. And he said, you know what? I'm, I'm a completely different person now than I was at 84. And I just stopped for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, we never have to stop. I think we've been conditioned to think like we get to a certain age point and that evolution ends. And now, well, this is me now. Yeah. But that's not true. Not at all. And you could hear it in his voice. He was still excited and passionate about life and sounded awesome and healthy and had this awesome effect on me. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of other people heard that and helped them out too. So that evolution never has to stop. And I just remember that always really stuck with me as like, oh, I could, I, this trip I'm on and this changing, this evolving that I enjoy so much, it never ends. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, it'll just keep going. Yep. So what are some other uh, teachers or teachings that you enjoy, that have helped you, or that have stuck stuck with you? Um, I think for me, people I've met, I've met all different types of people in this field, um, and massage therapy I've worked with. Hang on. Usually we might have a dog barking in the background. I don't know where this crow came this from. This crow is kind of getting to me. It's been going on for about five minutes now. No, most of my lessons come through my peers and my clients, though. I, it's, part of, it's part of my growth of just taking everything in, taking... Oh my. Okay, sorry for that brief pause. Uh, I had to throw a light rock in the direction of the crow... I did not hit the crow, but we're we're safe. The crow is gone. <laughs> he went bye-bye. He flew away. <laughs> okay, so back to your thought. You were saying you learn a lot from, from your clients and people you're around as far as your, your teachers? Yeah, just just taking taking their lessons. We everybody I'm connected to, we have deep in-depth hard conversations. So just taking away the different the different ways people grew up, the different types of people that there are in the world, I guess externally, but internally, I feel like we're all connected in the same way just because we share that. We share that intimacy. The intimate comment, uh, intimate <laughs> conversations. Um, yeah, so I, learned, I, I typically learn a lot from that, and I think they learn a lot from my stories as well. Just being able to share that with somebody who's not part of your necessarily everyday routine. Um, some people I'll talk to once a month. Some people I'll talk to once a week. Some people I'll talk to once a year. But those conversations we are able to fill with just lessons and issues that we let each other know it's okay. You're not the only one going through it. And kind of help guide me to to way out of it. Yeah. Well, I think that was that was kind of the way you and I first really connected, right? Mm-hmm. In a uh, massage session, I think we were talking. It was the time when there was all the the Black Lives Matter protests, and a lot of that was going on. And just so everyone knows, Andre's black, I'm white, and it was something you were really interested in, and I kind of fully didn't understand. And you were the first person that made me feel comfortable enough to ask your perspective and your opinion. And we were both able to, even though we had a kind of a different perspective on that because of our backgrounds, 
like you really helped me understand what that was for and, and what that was about. And I really like, I think that was something that really bonded us a little bit because like, oh, I can have someone that I can honestly just talk to and ask questions of. And this person is not going to get offended or upset at me because he knows my heart's in the right place. And, and I'm just asking because I want to know and I, I would like to learn. And I think we were really able to kind of balance a lot of things that would be uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. And we were able to have those and be comfortable with them and really learn a lot. I know I certainly learned a lot from you and just like the social you know, climate of that, but what was going on. I think that was something that really bonded us together was being able to not get defensive and not be judgy and not get tense about having those kind of tough conversations. And I agree. It helped me a lot because I understood that we're so different and we grew up so different that there are people that don't understand how I grew up Mm -hmm. or how people grew up in different cultures and different environments geographically. Um, Places are just different. Cities yeah. are different. Some people grow up in towns. I think my roommate grew up in a town of like 300 people or something. Yeah. Whereas I thought a small town, which my town is <laughs> considered small, was like two, 300,000. Yeah. So I learned a lot from you in that sense of, okay, you have to talk to people and find out, you know, why they think this way. What did they grow up like? Mm-hmm. Um, how we can work together to understand each other better. I think there's a lesson in that for the world, especially the climate we're in today. Just just talk to people. Get to know people. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're connected or going through something similar or maybe not going through anything to similar at all. Mm-hmm. But... You can learn why and maybe give them a different perspective of, to look from. I think one thing I always appreciate is to look at someone else, even if I don't like what they're doing or don't agree with them at all, and if, say, if I lived their exact life and I had all of their same experiences as, that they had, how different from them would I be? And the answer is probably not much, mm-hmm. if at all. <laughs> I'd probably be exactly the same. And so just that idea that we are all connected. If, if, if I view you as me, just from, with different circumstances, then what reason do we have to get upset at each other and to hate or fight each other? It's just understanding why someone else thinks or feels or believes this way. It's not wrong or bad. It's just different. And there's a reason for that difference. And so just having, again, having compassion for that and having understanding which all of these practices that we do, I feel really helps because first off, it teaches us to have that compassion understanding for ourselves because we can't have it for someone else unless we have it for ourselves. And then we're able to apply it from the, from the micro to the macro of the collective and to everybody and to hold that, that love and that understanding that space for everyone. Even if they're doing something we don't like, there's, there's a reason. And they're doing the best they can too. And so that's why I think these practices are so important. Meditation especially, just to help separate the idea that we are our thoughts, we are our actions. Not that we're not responsible for those. But just, we all have bad days and we all have bad thoughts. We all have evil, crazy, weird thoughts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our actions we're not proud of. 
but to appreciate that that's not me. And I can still have forgiveness and grace and compassion for that for myself. And then after I learned that well enough, then I'm able to have that for others. And that's why I think you know, these practices and these things are so, so vitally important for, for us to, to kind of pay that forward. So not that you have to have those same practices, but I definitely recommend trying to find something that gets you into your, your headspace where you're able to just grow on that personal internal level of just understanding people and understanding where you need to take accountability. I think that's with meditation. People think it's, oh, I need to do this specific thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Uh, whatever works for you. Uh, I think we are helped with technology a lot and having the apps to help. If it's something that you're not familiar with, it's a great place to start. Maybe that works for you and, and you stay there and that's awesome. Or maybe that opens you up to some other ideas or possibilities or wherever that leads, but I do think that's an awesome place to start is just with one of the, the apps, the Headspace or Calm, I think are the two that I know of that are kind of really, hey, let's, let's start at square one and just mm-hmm. to teach us so we learn there's not a right way and a wrong way to do it. And the idea of it isn't to be perfectly present all the time or be enlightened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's None of that's possible, but it's just getting us on the road to realizing that. And accepting that, and then we're able to have more love and compassion for when we're not. And with that, I just say share, share, share the yeah. energy, share those good, those good, those feel good moments with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues, with your peers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, tell them, tell them why. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to to share why. Um, just a couple other things that I really enjoy doing. Um, have you ever tried a breathwork class? Have you ever done that? Never a breathwork class. Okay. I do enjoy breathing techniques, though. Yeah. So I think I would love that. I didn't know they had classes. Uh, I, I have a couple. There's a one, um, a couple online ones that I've, I found. Um, I'm a big listener of uh, Aubrey Marcus. And that's kind of was, uh, I think I mentioned the first one is he was listening to him, kind of opened me up to a lot of this stuff. Um, he just kind of started an app called Fit for Service, and he's got some meditations and some things on there, and he does have a couple uh, breathwork okay. classes in there. That I've, I've tried a couple of them. They're intense. I was not expecting um, <laughs> okay. what it was. There's different breathing patterns. You kind of It's almost like a workout. You go really <laughs> hard uh, and then slow down and then fast breathing and then slow. And it's, it's difficult to describe, but like, at the end, uh, at these pauses, I'm like, I'm breaking down in tears <laughs> and so emotional. And then I feel so charged up and powerful. Uh, I've only done, done like three of them, but it's, it's really awesome. I, I'm uh, excited to get to do a little bit more of that. I was really surprised at the, almost like I'm shedding something within me through this breath mm-hmm. and getting rid of some toxins and some, some bad energy and some bad vibes and, it's 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 just pretty wild. Uh, I was I was really shocked almost, uh, and I'm kind of into all the woo woo yeah <laughs> bullshit yeah. stuff. Uh, and I was really shocked at the the effect that this had on me. So I I like that a lot. Yeah, the first time I did breathing techniques were in energetic foundations in massage school, and that was it was intense. I didn't know there were so many different breathing techniques that you can do. So <laughs> as you found out the hard way. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Uh, we talked about psychedelics a little bit. Uh, understand that's that's not for everybody. One thing that I did try. Uh, have you heard of the Lumia light? I have not. So it's a, a light. Uh, there's a specific wattage to the bulb, and uh, you sit in front of it, and it flickers at a certain pattern. Okay. And you have your eyes closed the whole time, and it's a psychedelic experience without any substances. It's just the interesting. Light. Uh, there's a place here in San Diego called the uh, the, the Satsang House, or Satsang, excuse me, uh, run by Maggie Kelly, uh, awesome, awesome spiritual teacher, and uh, she has one of those in her, her place, um, so every once in a while, I haven't been for a while, I think she was kind of shut down for, for COVID and everything, mm-hmm. uh, but been a couple times, and it's it's pretty powerful, and I think before, I'd always kind of equated the psychedelic experience of having an attachment to the substance, the the medicine, you know, whatever be, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so, I remember the the first time I did it, you know, I, she has you put on uh, these kind of isolating headphones, and she has a little soft, you know, guitar track that kind of plays in the background okay. while you're while you're in there. So it's a mix of audio and visual. Yeah, yeah, but well, see, there's no visual actually. Your eyes are closed. Okay, it's just the light flickering, and it activates. That pineal gland, your third eye, yes. and sends you on a real journey. Yes. Um, I think the first time I did it, I just saw the the shapes and the colors and the patterns and all that. And the the second and third times, I actually had some real visions and some real things happening there. I remember the first time I took off the the headphones and opened my eyes, and I was like, "Wow, that's amazing! A light can do that." Mm-hmm. And she said, "That's just a light. It didn't do anything. That's you." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah, the mushroom or the ayahuasca or whatever it might be is giving me a shortcut to this place. Yeah. But this is obviously me because I didn't take anything. This is a light. <laughs> and That's I got amazing. there. It was, it was really, yeah. helped me kind of separate the substance from the experience a lot. Like, wow, this is really a part of me. This is inside me, not an experience I have on a drug. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was, that was a really um, eye-opening one for me. Uh, it's happened in a while. I, I, th- I think she's back open now. So I was I, just I, about I to ask. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you can do, do... It's just 30 minutes. You okay. do 30 minutes or an hour. Okay. Uh, I'd definitely recommend 30 minutes the first time. It can be pretty Yeah, intense. that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of electricity going yeah. on right there. Uh, but that was really awesome. Um, and so I think just uh, other books and stuff and teachers... Um, of course, you know, read the Eckhart Tolle and the Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. That was one of the first books I ever read um, that helped me out a lot. I enjoy both of those. Um, uh, enjoy the works of uh, David R. Hawkins a little bit. Uh, he wrote quite a few books, again, more from a scientific aspect. Uh, he assigned a whole numbering scale to the levels of consciousness, and each number equates to a different, you know, yes or no, good or bad feeling. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, I, I met someone uh, last week who was very, very into that, so I think we'll, we'll probably have him on and we can do a deep dive um, into that on a, on a future episode. We'll do that. Uh, Aubrey Marcus, like I mentioned, is just an awesome teacher. Uh, he has his own podcast and newsletter and all that, and that was really the inspiration for me wanting to start this was, was his example and, and what I learned from him. Awesome teacher. Um, so yeah, just uh, all kinds of things. And I just I know when I first started listening or reading to things, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Where can I get more of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's what I wanted to share a little bit. Uh, I don't know, you, you have anything else like uh, authors or 
music or stuff that, that that's helped you? I out? was never the reader. Yeah. I was always audio <laughs> and visual. <Yep>. So <laughs> I'm not a big reader either. Like I really have to discipline myself. You to, sure? <laughs> <laughs> I have to really discipline myself to take that 15 minutes uh, at night and do it. Uh, it's really again easier thing when I was single. Now I have you know this incredible beautiful beautiful wife mm-hmm. and dogs and a house and I enjoy all of those things and sometimes it's easier to uh, well it's not always easier it's always easier to just sit on the couch and, and watch a Netflix show with my, my beautiful wife and my dog <laughs> <laughs> the good distractions uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I still you know try to make it a point to get that get that reading even, even though I do I definitely do slack on it yeah uh, a lot more now um, but just again just kind of keeps reading anything really just kind of helps yeah. keep me in that space of like you said, taking a little bit of time each day for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'm stopped. I'm slowed down. I've got my book. I'm not going to have any distractions. Um, if I can't have the perfect setup, I like listening to like a, a binaural beat. Okay. I'll just put that up on, on my phone. You can download those online. It's just kind of it's kind of a mix. It's not a rhythm. So there's like like a nature sound, like a rainstorm or a wave, with kind of a non rhythmic beat pattern to it at the same time. So okay. It kinda, Helps distract your brain a little bit to be able to focus Turn it down. on what you're reading. It's like, you know, we've all had that experience where I'm reading a page and I was thinking about something and I read three pages and I don't remember what I read mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. So it kind of helps balance that out a little bit so you don't have those distractions coming in. One, tech, one technique I've always used, and I learned this when I took a test, a standardized test, was um, just putting the headphones in with okay. no sound. Okay. Yeah. That blocks it blocks out for me somehow, yeah. um, and I, I love that silence. It kind of reminds me again, like mm-hmm. connecting to my camping trip. Um, it just brings me to that moment of silence, complete silence, and yeah. just being in the now. So yeah. I do like using that technique. I actually, like that too. Sometimes when I'm at the gym, I'll put my noise blocking headphones in yes. without any music, mm-hmm. and I can I can hear my breath, but that's it. That's it. I, I like it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear all the external stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Cool. And of course, we'll, we'll share more stuff as, as we go, but I just wanted to kind of have us just do one of that to define those practices for us a little bit better that we like. And I said that there's no right or wrong way. So whatever you develop, whatever you start, It'll morph into something else. <laughs> Make it your thing. Your thing won't be like the next person's or like your friend or your sister or brother. So yeah. just make it yours. More importantly, just take the time. Yeah. And I do always notice, you know, before I start a book or before I do the meditation, there is always still a little bit of resistance in there to actually start it. But I always know once I, once I start it, I'm going to feel good. Mm-hmm. And then I always feel stupid. Like, mm-hmm. why did I resist this? Why did I not want to listen to this? I know I'm in a bad mood. I know how to fix it. And I'm still resisting doing it. So it's just always that. That will always be there. But just knowing that, okay, if I just get it started, I'm going to feel good. And I'm going to be happy. Yeah, that resistance, that, that's a topic for another day. Yep. <laughs> I look forward to that. <laughs> um, any questions you guys have, uh, please send them in. Let us know any discussions you have, any Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want us to talk about? Or any practices that you enjoy that, that you want to share with us? You know, we're always happy to, to hear something new and, and try something new. So uh, the email address is uh, present tense podcast am at gmail.com. So that's up and rolling if you want to connect with us. And we will shortly have a Instagram up. 
we'll be working on that. So next episode, I will have an Instagram handle for you. Okay, we'll be official. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Peace and love to you all. Have a great day.